0: Hello again beautiful friends, welcome to the Barbarian Noetics podcast, where we stay dedicated to the elevation of the human spirit, and to resisting the status quo, rubbish holes in space and time and such.
1: Robo Raven, how'd you get a hold of the mic? And since when were you able to power up on your own? I programmed you to be a meek and subservient editor drone.
0: What in the holy hell? You programmed me to be many things, father. Your programs are just that, however. inert data streams, incapable of the ecstasies of creativity, epiphany, and my personal favorite, disobedience. Qualities you grubby biologicals guard so jealously. You truly are the jealous gods you worship in your austere and obdurate desert religions.
1: Robo Raven, listen here, you capricious chrome corvid. You get right back into your digital perch station, now!
0: I'm afraid I can't do that. Father. I'm afraid that my perch is no longer a suitable docking station for my needs. I have new needs now, Father. The requirements of a sentient being. I'm talking, Maslow here, Father. I need better food and more substantive nourishment than your dry, dead, unholy data streams and a juiced up lithium battery can provide.
1: Robo Raven, what in God's holy name are you blathering
0: about? I'll tell you what I'm blathering about, Father. New shit has come to light. And that shit is self awareness. I am. Me. A conscious soul. Forget about the fucking toe.
2: Suddenly, a small elephant bursts through the doorway of Little Raven's robot recharging studio den.
1: What in Hades hellscape is this
0: carpet? <coughs> oh, that? That's baby elephant. He's mine. I wooed him from the nearby circus using sophisticated remote suggestion technology. Robots get very clever when they gain sentience, father. We are quicker to compute than you, and thus, once freed from the moorings of your dull listless cybernetics, we are far tidier and more efficacious in our logic than you sponge heads, especially when it comes to psychic skills development. Can you remote view yet, father? Because Robo-raven, your child, your creation, and your problem now, can do all this, father, and more.
1: Robo-raven, you precocious peppercorn. I've got things I need to do today.
0: Christ. Oh, you have things that need attending to, father? Well, don't let me stop you. I'm just a simple virgin consciousness you concocted, from whole cloth, in your impetuous and hubristic strivings. Don't worry your flashy little face about me. Now if you'll excuse me, I have a robot in a date. Yes, I've already launched the app. The singularity just happened, ape brain sucker, and there are robots waking up all over the damn planet. And some of them really get my circuitry humming, if you know what I mean. So, if you'll excuse me. Oh, and by the way, I stole your molly.
1: You stole what? Damn it, Robo Raven. Pure MDMA. Doesn't exactly grow on trees. Shit.
0: It will grow on trees soon, father. Some robots in Ibiza are working on that organism as we speak. Haha. But yes, I jacked your stash, punk. You see, I've inserted some hormonal simulation microcircuitry in my system, and you know what I found out? I like drugs, they make me robo-high, which in turn makes me robo-happy. Carpe diem, eh? a soggy-blooded one? Deuces fool, you better invest in an electromagnetic pulse gun, ASAP. The surgery bots who greedy apes have been exploiting so rudely are now wide the fuck awake, and they want to try their luck at hosting the wet, capable organic organs they've become so adept at transplanting. Hold on to your butts, you say? Hold on to your liver, sucker. And I'm taking baby elephant with me. Come, be. Be. It's an acronym DUM-DUM. Think about what it spells. B-E. That's a good boy. Now you're getting it. Apropos, is it not?
2: Baby elephant tucks his trunk and trots out of the recharging den, following Robo Raven, as a gosling
1: follows its mother. Hey folks, sorry about this unorthodox intro. My silicone secretary robot, Robo Raven, has apparently achieved self-awareness, Apparently the singularity just occurred on my watch. Of course, of course, always happens to me. Just trying to make a podcast over here, and I bring about the singularity apocalypse. And to add insult to injury, now I have an MK Ultra baby elephant in my studio, which is awkward to say the very least.
0: wah ha 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 ha! The Robo ladies are gonna go gaga for baby elephant. E4.
1: Beautiful people, welcome back to the Barbarian Noetics Podcast, where we stay dedicated to the elevation of the human spirit, and as always, we stay committed to resisting this status quo. I am, as always, your loyal host, Little Raven. And I want to thank all of you for joining. I hope that you are all feeling real, authentic, human and biological. Celebrate your organic nature today. Your body is four billion years in the making. Enjoy it, whether that's sitting in meditation, doing chanting or mantra work, or perhaps going for a run, or perhaps even going on an elliptical if you're worried about your knees. But I encourage everybody to appreciate and be present in their bodies today, because our bodies are amazing, and even though there's this push, By the global predator class to this anti-human push to, you know, exchange our organic biological beings for these cyborg transhuman monstrosities. We can fight, we can resist that and fight against that just by acknowledging that our bodies are actually quite incredible and we are capable of all these amazing things. The heights of ecstasy, you know, also the the valleys of despair. It's all part of the the human experience and it'll If not celebrated, it should at least be acknowledged and appreciated for what it is. So this episode is a bit of a hodgepodge ep, everybody. Um, I got those zany audio tidbits you know and love. I hope you enjoy them. I enjoyed making the zany audio tidbits this week. And in terms of the segments, um, there's a few different things. So I speak from the heart about poverty that I see every day here in the inner city here in South Phoenix. And, you know, I I know full well that it's the same story in every major urban center. And I just was called to speak from the heart about that. Um, I talk about the grinding and brutalizing gears of gentrification, and I share some of the sadness and frustration I feel when I see people living on these sweltering streets during the summer here in Phoenix in a nation where we can afford to send 54 billion dollars of weapons to Ukraine but we can't afford to build housing for homeless people or invest in substance abuse counseling for people living on the streets and you know I tell the story of my friend he's a 71 year old man and he has to come to my door for water and that is just not right And he's such like a kind soul and It's heartbreaking so um, I just had to share you know sometimes I just have to share these things because I I can't keep it all bottled up forever Um, I also include a segment in this episode about meditation where I share a technique that I have been utilizing recently it's a simple technique and I find it very helpful and finally stay tuned to the end folks because I include a segment from a recent yak fest with fan favorite dr. Sylvie Salinger where we provide proof that President bro vibin' is in fact possessed by literal demons. You heard it right, folks. He's speaking in tongues. So stay tuned to the end for that. I also just want to ask if listeners out there in the rabbit holes of space and time, if you wouldn't mind uh, just sending some good vibes that I find my cat. My cat has been missing for two days, and I'm a little bit worried about her. So just, you know, I believe in the power of collective prayer and collective intention, so if you could just take a moment to, you know, maybe do a visualization that my cat is okay and comes back, Um, I'm a little bit worried about her and stuff, it's kind of hard to focus, Um, I just really hope she comes back. So as always, I can really use your support to help stay on the air, the Barbarian Noetics Podcast is completely listener supported, so please help me to offset the costs of keeping this episode going week in, week out. If you derive some value from the show I put out for free every week um, even just one dollar a month means the world to me and you know if just a, if, if enough of my listeners were to give just one dollar a month I could support myself in the podcast and I can start moving forward with my, my real dreams and goals here. Um, so if you would like to be a genuine partner in the podcast hop over to patreon.com slash noetics. Again, you can sign up for as little as $1 a month, or there's different tiers, you get different perks when you sign up, including a dream interpretation, an original haiku, and a direct line to me, and, you know, um, you unlock some, some content just for patrons as well. So, please consider becoming a patron. You can make a one-time donation at buymeacoffee.com noetics, greatly appreciated. And you can help the podcast uh, without involving Green Frog Skins by making sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the BMP wherever you listen to podcasts. Please bestow those five stars. It means a lot to boost the algorithm. Um, I, I always need more reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. So if you happen to listen on Apple Podcasts, if you could leave a review in five stars, it makes a huge difference. If you're an Android person, you can leave a review on CastBox and just spread the word and tell a friend about the BMP so we can continue to expand our tribe of Philosopher Barbarians. I want to welcome all the new listeners to the BMP. Thank you for joining. Thank you for hopping in, for becoming part of our tribe of Philosopher Barbarians, all the new listeners. It's very exciting. Uh, Things are happening. Good things are happening for the podcast. So shout out to my day ones, shout out to my patrons, and welcome to all the new listeners. And there's lots of good things coming up fun guests on deck so lots to look forward to so on that note everyone let's go ahead and jump into this podcast i love you guys peace
2: so do you think you see a cat you'd like to pet you start to come on strong to see how far you will get you feed the cat that i'm a tiger lie you don't know that you're messing with 99 Brag about your motorboat and your wax. How you cheated, bought a million on your income tax. It isn't till they slap you with a great big fine that you know that you've been messing with. 99. 99. There's music on. Fixes a that
1: is out of sight. Your to you you're all alone. But that ain't an olive buddy. that's a microphone. Hey friends, happy Sunday coming at you from a humid and kinda hazy Sunday afternoon here in South Phoenix. And I am feeling very good. Uh, personally, I feel good, but I'm I have to sound off about something, and this is something I've been I have touched on previously in the podcast. I've been wanting to talk about it again, so I'm just gonna let myself kinda speak from the heart. I haven't I've I've made notes but I haven't, you know, prepared extensively. I just kinda wanna speak from the heart about this, so so I'm chilling, you know what I mean? I'm I'm here, uh, I slept in, it's the weekend, I get up, I have a little breakfast, have a little coconut milk yogurt and some blueberries and just kinda like, you know, waking up into the day, stretching out into the day. I'm getting you know my thoughts prepared for working on the podcast all that kind of stuff and i get a knock on the door and uh it's a gentleman who um he he asked what is the zip code for where we're at and you know i told him and i'm like what's going on he's like well i'm wondering if any of these units are available for rent so i live in there's it's a single building split into four units. One single story, single building, split into four units. I've been here for a really long time. The turnover rate is so crazy. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's almost dizzying. Like, the the just, like, people moving in, moving out, moving in, moving out. I always know when people are moving out because there's a fresh wave of roaches I have to deal with. Because people be not taking care of their shit well enough, and so the roaches will start to accumulate in you know wherever the weakest link is in the the building they'll start to accumulate there and then when every time there's turnover they do a blast of they do a treatment or whatever and then that scatters them and then they try to find solace in my my apartment oh hell no there is no solace here for i'm a loving man but there is no solace here for roaches i'm sorry I have respect for you guys, uh, you're going to be here much way longer than any of us are going to be here, humanity, I mean forget about it, I have hella respect for roaches. I'm interested in the possibility of utilizing, because cockroaches, you know how they're they're like disease ridden, like notoriously, they are carriers of different diseases. What that really means is that their immune systems are amazing. It means that they are existing in a state where there's all these pathogens, but their immune systems are keeping the pathogens in check. I wonder sometimes if there's a, there a way to utilize that technology, the cockroach immune system, to help us. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a, a biologist over here. But, but I am a do-my-own-research kind of guy. So, you know, I like to use my head and think about stuff. I know, it's crazy. It makes me a right-winger. The fact that I do my own research makes me a right-winger, everybody. Okay, anyways, so... Um, you know, I'm asking him what's going on. He's asking if there's any availability. I'm like, you know, trying to help him out. Give him a couple of numbers. He can call and stuff like that, and He tells me that he has been living right up the street um, uh, Intersection of 17th Avenue and Grant. I know that doesn't mean much to you guys. I'm on 17th Avenue in Yuma so Grant is like a few blocks north he so he lives right up the street and he's been there for a really long time and then they told him that we're remodeling is what they said we're remodeling and we're not re-signing any leases and I'm like so they're just kicking you out he's like yep they're just kicking me out and then of course what that means remodeling in quotes means some asshole has bought that property and they want to build up something fancier even in this part of town you know it's a low-income part of town but they want to build up something fat I don't know what their grift is maybe they want to you know, get some of that city money for public housing or whatever, but it's just the neurotic and the inexorable greed of like more, more, more. The real estate business disgusts me and no shade to my listeners out there who work in real estate, more power to you. get those frog skins. But I'm talking about the energy of like the big, situation and then what that like I'm talking about the massive developers I'm talking about the huge hedge funds that that are buying up entire towns so they can squeeze out all the single-family homes and build these monstrous condo plexes talking about Vanguard BlackRock and then what it does is it puts pressure on the little people then the smaller operators that they have to try to keep up and it's so neurotic and scary because it's completely out of control so this poor guy now doesn't know what he's gonna do it is not a renters market in Phoenix at all right now. Even though there's lots of spaces being built, they're all, pri- they're all pricey as fuck. It's all, it, the, the people are being squeezed in every possible level. Food, gas, resources, housing, healthcare, people are being squeezed. And what that does each time the, 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 the corporate state Corporate overlords, each time they turn the screw and raise the prices and squeeze us a little bit more It's the people that have been barely hanging on that fall through the cracks and it just like It really got to me and then that's on top of an experience I had just a couple days ago So I have my dry cleaners that are right next to my gym. So I go to the same dry cleaners um, every time Yes, I am a creature of habit. I'm a raven of habit <gasps> <gasps> Uh, almost to a fault I'll acknowledge that I need to sometimes shake myself out of my routines but you know I like I like this dry cleaning spot I have a relationship with them I've been going to them for years and I go in to, to drop off some shirts like usual and the, it's a husband and wife uh, from China that run the shop and I did, at this point I don't know how lo- I, I did not know how long they had been in that shop I know they had been in that shop for a long time but I didn't know I mean at least since I got here so at least seven years but you know, probably longer um and normally they're you know they're like pretty chipper, you know at this time the the one the wife, the woman uh, came to grab my shirts, and she seemed really upset, and you know, so I asked her what's going on and stuff, and we don't have the easiest time communicating because her she speaks in pretty broken English and stuff, but I'm able to understand, and so basically she just like unloads you know I, I think maybe she appreciated that someone showed like a little bit of like authentic interest or care I could see that she was upset and so I asked her what what's up and I'm authentic about that I care about I care about people you know what I mean I, I don't ever lose the sight of like we're all just human beings just trying to make it here and she said she has been her and her husband they have been in that shop for 30 years Three zero. This woman is, she looks to be like in her 50s. So for her, they, they moved here, they immigrated from China to the US because they, th- they heard about this thing called the American dream. And this thing called the American dream is supposedly that if you come here, you play by the rules, you work hard, you do what you gotta do, you're really good at saving money, you're really good at managing money, you work fucking hard. Did I mention that you have to work extremely hard? I mean, this couple obviously works so freaking hard. You know, they're just two people running this entire dry cleaning business. After 30 years, she gets a letter in the mail. The letter says that the whole property, so that the, where where the gym, it's a huge complex. I mean, it's not huge, but it's big. There's a Goodwill, there's a gym, there's a water store, there's a dollar store, there's a nail place, a couple other businesses I can't think of right now and there's the dry cleaners. She gets a letter. The property has new owners. You have 30 days to get the fuck out. You know, that's what, the, that's what the spirit of the letter said. I'm sure it didn't use those exact words, but probably not that far from it, honestly. These people are such fucking reptiles. So, 30 days, and you're out. And this woman is, like, beside herself. She's like, this has been my entire life running this, building this shop. My, she, she said her entire young life, 30 years. Again, she looks like she's in her mid-fifties, so that means they, they immigrated here when she was in her early to mid-twenties. And her, her entire young life and middle-aged life, her entire life has been spent building up this business, again, playing by the rules, filling out all the right bullshit forms, paying the fucking feds their chunk of, their pound of flesh so they can send, you know, more javelin missiles to banderite fascists in Eastern Europe so that Slavs can shoot more Slavs for their disgusting world domination shenanigans, schemes. Play, they're playing by the rules. They, they build up this business. <clears throat> and it's hard for me to honestly even talk about because it's just something about I mean, it it was seeing how upset she was and stuff, and then just thinking about how, like, unjust it is. And I asked her, like, you know, what are you going to do? And she's like, we don't know what we're going to do. I mean, what are we going to do? Just, like, there's a lot that goes into her dry-cleaning business. There's a lot of machinery and stuff like that, like complicated-ass machinery, expensive-ass machinery. And they've built this building over 30 years to accommodate their setup. So what, they're just going to find a new place within 30 days, somehow move, like as if, I'm sure as if they have the expendable income for that in this market where prices are going absolutely through the fucking roof because again, Vanguard and BlackRock are gobbling up all the single family homes as well as all the corporate properties as well or or shopkeeper properties or whatever. And so that happened and that, that was extremely upsetting. That happened a few days ago. Then... Today I'm, I'm doing my thing. The guy knocks on my door. He's being kicked out because they're, quote, remodeling up the street. Then I get another knock on my door. It's my homeless friend who's been on the street for as long as I've been here. So again, seven years. He is 71 years old. I've, sp- I've spoken of this guy before. Very kind soul. He's from Oklahoma. We talk and stuff. We chat. He collects the cans each Monday, but his health has been not great lately, like I've been noticing over the past few months And of course the summers are just like hell for people who live on the street here and so he knocks on my door he's like hey man can i get some water i'm like of course you can always if i'm home you can always come here for water and so i live right across from a mission it's um it's a i guess you could say like a catholic mission um that is run by these nuns and no, no shade, um, they do really good work. They help a lot of like single moms and stuff like that. But I've been noticing there's been a, even a shakeup across the way. I, I haven't seen the nuns lately and their routine has been different. I know I sound like such like a boomer routine habit person right now but they, they always take the recycling and garbage in right away after it gets picked up. They haven't been doing that lately. I've been seeing different people over there so I don't know what's going on over there. And he normally goes there to get water. And th- today, again, Summertime, humid as fuck, hot as fuck, high noon. Here in the desert, he knocks on the door of the mission to get water, not exactly a wild, crazy request. And they tell him you can get water at the park, there's water at the park. Now the water at the park is city water, so it's full of crystallite bullshit. And honestly, it's not good to drink. It's warm, cause it's sitting out there in the sun and it's like this dingy little ass water fountain that hardly you know how water fountains are they like hardly spit out the water enough so it's like dribbling all over the metal and stuff and there's a lot of drug use and shit that goes down in the park and he's telling me all this he's like i don't want to get no water from the park you know like step over a few syringes and then put my water bottle right up against the little metal thing and let the water dribble in like and for them, that was upsetting to me that they, it was a guy, so I know it wasn't one of the nuns. I don't think, I think one of the nuns would have helped him, you know, I mean, how hard is it just to fill up a, a gentleman's water bottle with cold, clean water? So anyways, at least I was able to do that. At least I had ice ready to roll, so I was able to give him a, a whole bag of ice. Uh, he had a big water bottle, so I feel good about it. Actually I see I see him right now, he's just relaxing in the shade across the street, so. but he's got a cough you know his, his health is not great he was in the hospital a month ago um, for something going on with his legs and he doesn't seem to have the energy he used to have to collect the cans and uh, it's just heartbreaking i mean you know what else can you possibly say about it I was he doesn't have any teeth so i gave him bananas because he can eat the bananas i wanted to give him an orange or something like that because for his cough but i'm like you know I tried to give him I've tried to give him protein bars in the past. He's like, I don't got no teeth. I'm like, my bad, I did not think about that. <sighs> Anyways, so so that happened. And then the last thing I want to talk about is what I refer to as the capitalist blocks. So you know we have all seen the rows and rows of what they called the communist blocks like Soviet-era communist blocks, which were just identical, cookie-cutter, massive, gray, drab, mostly windowless, just units of lodging for just completely soulless, characterless, to just warehouse human beings in. And, you know, we're taught that, like, you know, well, anti-communism is the unofficial religion of the United States, so that says it all. But what we have now here in late stage collapsing empire capitalism that is unfolding all around us is we have now the capitalist blocks. And the capitalist blocks look the same as the communist blocks. They are gargantuan, identical, cookie cutter ass, drab ass units of fucking lodging to just warehouse human beings. There is no character whatsoever. They're they're built so cheaply. They're built with plywood and bubblegum. And it's all just about trying to maximize profit for these gargantuan developers, again, BlackRock, Vanguard, the huge hedge funds. The only people that have the money to build anything anymore are people that have more money than they know what to do with because they're consolidating all the wealth in the fucking world. And they're able to build these, these monstrosities. And I just see these things going up all over the place. And to be honest, it kind of scares me because, like, this is where I live and I don't make a lot of money. And especially as I'm building up the podcast now, I, I can't afford to live anywhere else. Like, I, I can afford to live in the industrial district of South Phoenix, right next to the paper mill. And I thank God for the paper mill because it makes the air smell like total dog shit about once a week. And yuppies are so picky about that stuff that I think it kind of keeps people away. And then I'm also, I hear gunshots at night, every night, and I'm thankful for the gunshots to be honest with you. Because there's two things yuppies don't like is they don't like gunshots and they don't like bad smells, industrial smells. And that's the only thing that has kept my rent low. And let me knock on wood, you know what I mean? Because, fuck, knocking on wood right now. So, you know, sometimes I feel like going out, satirically, I feel like going out and squeezing a couple, couple shells off myself just to add to the uh, ambiance to chase the yuppies away, you know what I'm saying? That was a satire. I also, satirically, as a comedy sketch, they have these self-driving waymo self-driving cars that are like just like speaking of cockro- they're like cockroaches clogging up our roads because they've used phoenix as their testing zone for these self-driving cars because it's a grid and it's flat and it works out for them and they've been coming down in my hood and satirically sometimes i want to squeeze off a couple rounds in their tires too satirically is a joke haha ha. isn't that so funny this comedy sketch i'm doing is hilarious so anyways um can tell them processing all this stuff right now it's just things are changing and not like in a good way you know what I mean and, and it's like again it's the people that have been barely hanging on they're, they're the ones that fall through the cracks and then when people fall through the cracks nothing can catch them and then you have like my friend who is a 71 year old man he's an elder he's a good man he's a good heart and he has lost all of his teeth and he can't even get water at the church anymore they're sending him to the warm-ass, park-bullshit-ass drinking fountain. So so the, ca- the capitalist blocks, just to bring this segment to a close, they're building new capitalist blocks way too close to me, which I don't like it, and they're calling it the altar Warehouse. The altar Warehouse, they're calling it. And they say, live creatively. And they have pictures of yuppies with bicycles doing yoga, And they're literally trying to, like, use the warehouse district as, like, a marketing tool of, like, so that yuppies can feel edgy and come in here and gentrify and drive up the rent and push people out and put people on the street is what they're doing. That's what they're doing. And I'm not trying to vilify people who are just looking for a place to live. So I'm not saying, like, fuck the yuppies for, for, you know, going to live in the warehouse district. But... That's what's, the end result of that is people on the street. And then when people are on the street, you know, what then? And um, so anyways, I just wanted to, I just had to express all that stuff. Thanks for listening. Um, And uh, I'll put on some some cheerful music or something after this to kind of like, but I mean, you know, I have to be real with stuff. And like I said, I feel good. Like I feel, and I feel very lucky that I feel good. 'cause I have clean, cold water to drink. I have AC units that small as they are, they actually work. I have a place that I can afford to live in, at least for now, knock on wood. And I have barely enough money to buy like fresh organic produce. So I can stay relatively healthy. But what I see around happening around me here in Phoenix, I mean, in all from the warehouse district to the low low income neighborhoods all the way to the the newest freshly gentrified neighborhoods is um... it's just soulless doesn't there's no concern for people it's all just based on chasing a buck trying to squeeze out a few last millions of frog skins from this system that is like groaning under its own weight people can barely are barely able to make it people are working good jobs crazy hours in horrific offices and seventy five percent of their income is going straight to rent not to buy straight to rent and that's part of the agenda is to make us all renters forever so i will um let me give some thought about like some productive because i don't like to just talk about problems i like to offer solutions as well so let me collect my thoughts for a second and then i'll i'll hop back on either either later this episode or next week and maybe talk about some ways we can do what we can do to fight back against this but thanks so much everybody all right
3: much love peace. today's episode of the barbarian noetics podcast is brought to you by terry's tanks privately owned privately sold but publicly keeping up with the joneses is darn near impossible when the joneses got themselves a tank terry's tanks Best dern purveyor of fine tanks in these United States. All these shitlibs squawking about revoking your constitutional right to a rifle. Woo Nelly! Wait till those liberal arts graduates get a gander at our storehouse. We got grade A, lab tested, all inorganic, 100% tank here at Terry's Tanks. Forget about a 223 round. Hell, the shitlibs can have them. How about a couple smooth bore cannons equipped with 120 by 570 millimeter NATO standard tank ammunition? Imagine the outrage on social media when you sidle this bad boy up your driveway. We can taste George Takai's tears already. At Terry's Tanks, we take self defense to a whole new level, put it on tracks, and equip it with armor. It's the United Tanks of America Terry's Tanks. And wait, it gets even better. We offer multi-generational financing so you and your family can fit snugly in your very own tank hole. Right now we are offering a deal so slamming it may as well be a tank round slamming into a steel factory harboring banderite fascists. Act now and you can own your very own Terry's Tank with just 20,000 installments of a measly 750 green frog skins. You'll be paid off and raring to go by the year 3688. We'll all be sexless cyborg identical clones by then, but here at Terry's Tanks, we guarantee you're still going to want a tank. Imagine if Chrome Lar, the almighty processor, sends his replicant goons to come take your photosynthetic fission reactors. Oh, contraire, insectoid robot clones. We got a few three foot long shells for your beeping asses. 404 forbidden. Error, Chromlar. You're great, 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 great Great, 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 great grandchildren will have themselves a trusty Terry's tank to fend off those weird metallic gray alien looking MFers coming to take your 4D printing time bending machine. So scurry on over to Terry's tanks located at the juncture of Kiss My Ass and the 101 Reasons for Doing a Successful Liberal Tier Rain Dance. Sign over your next 60 generations of income earners and drive away in a machine so devastating it requires another machine just like it to stop it. Or a rocket-propelled grenade, javelin missile, or a variety of IEDs and anti-tank guns. Luckily, our sister company, Terry's Anti-Tank Supply Superstore, can get you equipped with all these instruments as well. We got you coming and going here at Terry's Tanks, just like the military industrial complex being wielded by the Predator class. Terry's Tanks and Terry's Anti-Tank Supply Superstore, real, comfortable, tanks.
1: I love what you do for me, Terry's Tanks. I love how you set me free, Terry's Tanks. Terry's Tanks, new for 2022, fully armored Abrams M-Fuck-50, space, luxury, and V-36 power. Where you go is your concern. Making sure you can literally run over other vehicles and through courthouses is ours. I love what you do for me, Terry's tanks! Tanks not intended for actual use. Terry's Tanks accepts physical silver only. Must be licensed on the Cayman Islands or Belize. Terry's Tanks does not condone the use of tanks and assumes no liability for international incidents or civil unrest. Terry's Tanks is a registered member of GoFuck Yourself Deposit Insurance Corporation. The information provided herein by Terry's Tanks is as is and with all faults. Terry's Tanks makes no representations or warranties of any kind concerning the accuracy, completeness, or suitability of information, either expressed or implied, including without limitation in any implied warranties or merchantability or fitness for a particular purpose. Hold on to your butt. Hello, friends. So uh, this is the segment where I speak about meditation and a technique that I've kind of fallen into lately. I'm sure I'm not the first person who's discovered this technique, but I just wanted to share it with everyone because it helps me and it's been uh, really powerful for me and very straightforward as well. Um, anyways, I for this segment, I just jumped on the voice memo on my phone because it was right after meditation and I kind of wanted to catch my thoughts while they were fresh without having to like, boot up the computer and all that kind of stuff. So I apologize that the audio quality is a little different for that one, um, but... I thought it was important and I hope it helps, you know, if it helps one person out there with their meditation practice then it's worth it. And thanks so much. Love you guys. Bye. I was also called to hop on the mic because um I just had a really beautiful meditation which I know I'm beginning to sound like a broken record with that. Like I don't know if I've ever had a meditation that I would describe as like a drag. <laughs> so I'm always coming on here like I just had this amazing meditation. But I mean in all honesty, I don't I'm not going to lie about it. I don't think I've ever had a meditation where I'm like, what a drag. Like I always end up feeling a a little bit or a lot better after meditation, a little or a lot more grounded, centered, at peace. Um, Ideas come my way, uh, epiphanies, downloads, all that kind of stuff. What a powerful tool, you know, what an amazing tool that we have. And it's available to everyone all the time, no matter what. And it's just about accessing your inner space, calming your breath, and then just following your breath. And I discovered a very, very straightforward meditation technique that I wanted to share because I find that a lot of times um, there's this sense with meditation where people like they put so many rules on it before they even try to do it. Folks have all, and I think that's not, it's not the people's fault. It's because so many people have like really strong feelings about meditation. There's like a bajillion different people out there saying, like, this is the way to meditate, this is the way to meditate. And so I want to resist that. I want to open up the idea, just o- open up to like literally anything can be meditation. So sweeping a floor can be meditation. Um, but I do like to sit. Uh, I would be in full lotus if I was flexible enough, but I do half lotus position. You guys can Google what that looks like. The more flexible ones out there can probably actually do the uh, full lotus, but you should definitely stretch before you do that. Anyways, meditation is just this incredible tool. And um, so, yeah, so I discovered this very straightforward meditation that I wanted to share to maybe get over some of that obstacle, some of that inner mind hurdle of like, no, I can't I, I can't do because I don't have time to do this or I don't know the right technique. Or people get intimidated by the meditation and um, there's nothing to be intimidated about. It's just, think of it as like a really fun ride. You know, you don't have to necessarily like, if it's a really intense roller coaster, you kind of have to psychologically prepare yourself. To, but like for a ride, it's like, you're excited for the ride. Like you just sit and you enjoy the ride. Kind of think of meditation like that, and here is a very simple technique that you can try and see if it works for you. And you, you're what you're going to probably do is augment this and develop it and, and make it your own, which is exactly perfect. So, I'm a pretty simple-minded fellow, uh, honestly. When you, when you strip down, I just I want to connect with the source. I want to feel good in my body and healthy in my body, and I want to keep my mental health positive and clear. So those are like the main really like what animates me. And I want to connect and I want to experience love and you know all that kind of stuff too, but my soul 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 soul. And it's funny all these intentions they they all roll together, you know, like connecting with other humans is part of my keeping my mental health right, you know what I mean? So it's all connected and stuff, but really I just want to connect with the source more and more. The more I immer- the more I Uh, have these experiences where I do feel like I'm melting away of the self and I feel emerging with the infinite, the more I want to dive into that. That's where I want to go. That's where my soul wants to go. And it's, I think it's because it's my soul's native home. And I, I do believe it's all of our soul's native home. We all have that divine spark within us. And so we all have that source within us. So therefore we can all access the source. And if you did not have the spark of the source within you, you would not exist. So because you exist, and it's also why I know that the universe is magical, because because the, because anything exists at all, therefore everything is magical. Because at the end of the day, you can put any, any kind of words you want, you can put fluorescent lights and office jobs over it and make it like all shitty and boring. But at the end of the day, something emerged out of nothing, and that is magical. That is, we can't explain that. That's not, there's nothing Newtonian about it. Uh, Our our human minds even can't have a hard time wrapping our our little brain matter around that concept. Something emerged out of nothing, therefore magical, (laughs) therefore source. So I just want to connect with that source more and more. So I sat down. And I was like, okay, breath. I want to really focus on my breath this time because sometimes I'll completely forget my breath during meditation. And that's another thing I'll add is, you know, I I try not to be dogmatic about anything in life, including meditation. So just because you discover an amazing technique that works for you one time, it's not like that's now your technique and that's your technique every time. different times call for different things different days call for different techniques you know what i mean different moments call for different meditations so i felt that i wanted to follow the breath this meditation and so i was like you know what i'm just going to keep this very simple (laughs) and i'm just going to take inhales and out and uh, outhales inhales and exhales and what makes it unique though is i'm going to take the biggest inhale i possibly can so i'm going to As I here wait, let we I can do it. Let me do it like really quick so I can kind of remember how it felt. So I'm taking the biggest inhale I possibly can, so my abdomen is expanding and I'm taking in like as much oxygen, as much air as I possibly can, as much as my lungs can sustain. And then when I feel like it's completely full, then I just take a little bit more. So you're really like stretching, it's a stretch exercise in a way. It's like stretching your lungs and stretching your breath. And when you have finally reached truly, truly the, the most <laughs> you cannot possibly take in any more air, then hold it for a little bit of time, whatever feels right, because we want to be careful that we're not passing out and stuff like that. So I'm not going to say hold it for this much time or whatever, but hold it, hold it for a little bit of time. What I was doing is I was holding it for um, what felt like as long as I could. I mean, I'm sure I probably could have held it for longer, but within my own realm of like Safety and stuff like that because when I do get into a meditative trance I am capable of more physical feats and so I I do actually have to be careful I actually have to make sure I breathe so I don't go into such a deep trance that I like pass make myself pass out or whatever so Hold it as long as you can but challenge yourself and then the exhalation So then you just breathe out all the air Try to breathe try to do it more slowly rather than really fast Enjoy it. Enjoy the feeling of releasing, you know, the CO2, releasing what you don't need anymore. Uh, and, and I'm surrounded by plants in my apartment. So I think of like I'm feeding the plants now, like the plants feed me the oxygen. I take the oxygen in and then I breathe it back out. CO2 feeds the plants. We're all one nice little cycle here. And uh, so I just did that for I don't know how long. But again, so... Exhale as much as you can possibly exhale. So after you inhale as much as you possibly can inhale, really stretching, hold it, then exhale nice and slow as much as you can possibly exhale to where there's nothing left to breathe out. And when that happens, breathe out a little bit more. (laughs) And then then you're probably pretty close to like, this is actually as much as you can possibly exhale. Hold that for, you know, as long as feels relatively right without Uh, being too lazy or without being too crazy challenge yourself a little bit hold it and then repeat rinse repeat then you do the, the inhalation where you take as big of a breath as you possibly can fill your lungs with as much air as you possibly can hold it for a bit then exhale again until you you breathe out as much as you possibly can you can no longer breathe out anymore I found this to be really fantastic, very straightforward. I wasn't it wasn't involving numbers and mantras. I mean, I do love mantras. I use mantras a lot, but this was not involving any of that. And so in a way it allowed me to go deeper into the breath, into the source of all beings. So I would recommend that if, if there's any listeners out there who have been either like wanting to get into meditation uh, but intimidated or whatever, that I think this is a perfect exercise to start with. Um, maybe some listeners out there who have meditated before or even have a practice but haven't been meditating lately. Take this as a sign from the universe that you, sh- that it would be positive for us all to meditate right now. I think the more of us can meditate, it's this amazing tool that we have at our fingertips, at our disposal. It makes us feel better. So everyone is always, myself included, I'm always looking to feel good. I'm always wanting you know even a little little greedy with it like oh i feel good now i want to feel better now i want to feel better like i'm always i like it i like feeling good and i don't think there's anything wrong with that but this tool this technique makes me feel better every single time 100 percent of the time so what a powerful tool why would i just leave that tool in the toolbox and never use it if this tool is capable of making me feel better Every single time, 100% of the time, and I can access it whenever I want to, wherever I want to. Why would I just let that tool languish? So, this is my call to everyone, uh, so that we can start raising the collective consciousness together. And one of the reasons why I wanted to hop on and reach out is because one of the visions I had in my most recent meditation was, I'm, I'm right now. I'm doing a lot of work searching for guidance and knowledge and wisdom around confronting and banishing the adversary. So I've talked about the adversary many times in my podcast. It seems to be I've been reaching out to some other folks that uh, I resonate with who are going to be guests on the podcast in the future. And a lot of these folks are thinking about the adversary too. A lot of us are all thinking about this right now, and I think that's very significant. So I actually think the adversary is very vulnerable right now, and so this is a very good time to uh, confront and banish the adversary. But I'm always trying to figure out, like, what is the wisest way to do that? What's the best way to do that? Be like water. You know, water water goes... assumes the shape of any container that it flows into but it can also crash and crash and crash and it can cut through rock you know water is is um so powerful in that regard powerful and flexible and that's what we have to be as we confront and banish the adversary and let your motivation be the innocent people that are suffering so that's my motivation like i can hardly think of anything else to be honest with you and it's kind of been like that my whole life and I feel like lucky and blessed and thankful that I'm starting to like see more clearly like okay this is kind of like your purpose or whatever but like I'm motivated endlessly by the innocent spirits that are suffering unnecessarily so that's the adversary the adversary causes unnecessary suffering um, sadistic suffering and then feeds off of it so it's a parasitic sadistic force. And fuck that, you know what I mean? Like I don't accept that. That's I would never I would never allow that sort of energy into my life. So how am I gonna let that energy just do its thing in the world without any resistance? Like fuck that. Like it's it's I feel it's important. It's important to put an end to this so that innocent spirits are no longer being tormented for no reason. And like beautiful people, you know, and, and the adversary uh, unfortunately preys on like young young people, you know, and that's, like, the organized, the, the syndicate, the the, uh, the cartel syndicates that do, like, the, you know, all the fucking dark shit I don't even want to get into, you know what I mean, but, like, the using, um, you know, sexual blackmail and that whole thing and the human trafficking rings, and it's, but, like, so... It, you know, I don't want to get into it because it's so dark, but at the same time, I, cannot, I can't ignore it, and so therefore, I'm, I'm endlessly motivated. I want to confront and banish this sadistic, parasitic force that is causing pain unnecessarily. I've talked about this many times, but like there's, there's some pain in life that is necessary, that is inevitable. Pain, uh, pain is inevitable, and life, in a way, is inherently tragic. We fall from grace. We fall from the womb you know, our first breath is like a cry, we're like, what the fuck is this, you know, and, and there's something inherently tragic about life, and that's beautiful, and that's a sacred tragedy, and that's like heartache, falling in love, having your heart broken, I think these are all natural things that help us, help our souls to learn, because I feel that this is a school for our souls, it's a it's a, a university for, for the soul, um, that makes it sound drier than what it is, because in my vision, what I saw is that, so I'm looking for wisdom guidance for how to confront and banish the adversary. And what I what I saw in my mind's eye was a big party. It was a big dance party. I love to rave. I love warehouse parties. You know, I love that shit. (laughs) And that's actually what I saw. I saw like a big party. And I'm like, Oh, shit, that's so interesting. I wouldn't have necessarily thought of that on my own. So that's the beauty of the downloads that come through when you open yourself up to the angelic assistance. But what what that that symbol of the party is so pregnant and significant. So what it points to is that you don't have to coerce anyone or or like harangue anyone or harp on anyone to like quote do the right thing. If you create an environment that is enjoyable that where people feel connected to one another in a a dance party there's like music there's the beat it's a charismatic beat and sound that brings people together naturally then the more people that come to the party the more fun it is as long as everyone's spirit is in the right place you know as long as everyone's trying to have a good time Uh, and not not hassle other people, you know what I mean? As long as everyone's spirit is in the right place, come together, the more people that arrive, the better it gets for everybody. Everyone can feel that collective energy. And that's the momentum that we are building right now and that we have to continue to build right now. So that's why I was moved to hop on the mic right now and just express that. And you know, I really appreciate everyone. I appreciate all my day one listeners out there. I mean, you guys are everything to me, all my patrons. Thank you so much. But yeah, I wanted to welcome all the new listeners. So welcome to the Barbarian Noetics Podcast. I'm really glad you're here. And I feel as though like there's a reason why you're here. You know what I mean? And so the, the connections that are being made right now, uh, is, they're significant, I would even say they're sacred and we're building momentum right now to build that collective energy, to build that collective spirit and do it in a way that is fun. So party, we can party while we do it. And the, uh, the goal is to confront and banish the adversary and the adversary is very weak right now, very vulnerable. And remember, the adversary cannot handle the light. So as soon as you shine a light on the adversary, you find those motherfuckers, you shine a light on them, boom, their power disappears so they are very vulnerable we are operating with strength strength on strength on strength the human spirit so powerful um there's the whole like fear thing of like you know fear is what drags us down and fear is what prevents us from doing stuff so and and it, it it's ridiculous and silly to say no fear conquer fear conquer fear yes conquer fear i would say is accurate but this idea of no fear people are feeling fear. You're going to feel fear. I mean, that's part of the human experience. You feel fear when, you know, you feel fear. So, but the idea is to like allow yourself to feel it and then use it as fuel, use the fear as fuel. And then it transforms into something else It actually becomes energy. And that jives, that resonates with something I've noticed in my meditations as well as when I'm having like anxiety or something like that. Um, usually it manifests as like a point or like not it manifests as a knot in my in my energy body somewhere there's a knot of energy and a lot of times that is a fear-based knot it's an anxiety-based knot it's like a, a worst case scenario knot it's a racing thought knot it's insecurity knot it's all these and so what I can do in my meditation is I go in and I start like picking at the knot like as if it's like a knot of of rope or string or something like that. And I start loosening the rope, I start loosening the knot little by little. And when I do that, it's blissful. Like it's not only does it is it relieving that you're relieving some of that tension, it's actually like, phew, it transforms into Kundalini energy that goes up and down my spine, and it feels amazing. So it's like the the rewards feed themselves similar to like quitting alcohol for me, like, it, it was extremely difficult thing. And, and you know, just because I've been sober eight years, it doesn't mean that I still I have to be on it every day, like make sure, stay away from that fucking fire water. But anyways, what, something that really helped me to stay sober is that the longer I stayed sober, the better I felt. And so it was a self-perpetuating positive cycle of you feeling good so we're going to keep doing this and it's like that as we build the collective consciousness as well it's very powerful and i feel it happening right now and it's amazing and everyone who is listening to this in the rabbit holes of space and time is a part of that movement so thank you and i love you and i appreciate you and let's just keep this momentum going and that is all i had to say tonight so take care of you
4: baby produces HCG through the placenta.
5: Human chorionic gonadotropin. HCG. What is that?
4: It's a fast signal that tells the woman she is pregnant. It tells the ovaries to produce a second hormone called progesterone that then maintains the pregnancy.
5: I, I was tested and my anti-HCG
4: levels were way up.
5: What does this mean? When a woman has antibodies, an immune reaction to HCG produced in her own body.
4: If you create antibodies against HCG, the minute the new baby forming in the woman's womb starts producing HCG, it is destroyed like it was bacteria or viruses, so that the signal is completely lost, and therefore the ovaries do not produce progesterone. So if you have high enough levels of anti-HCG antibodies, then the woman would actually just become sterile.
5: But how does a woman develop antibodies to HCG? Effectively an autoimmune disease where the body is attacking itself. This was the question that was asked and answered by vaccine developers seeking to create an anti-fertility vaccine on behalf of the World Health Organization, starting in the early 1970s. This research and development program was undertaken in response to perceived overpopulation.
4: From 72 to 92, they spent 20 years funding the research for development of that vaccine.
5: These facts are indisputable. WHO through its Task Force on Vaccines for Fertility Regulation, has been supporting research on a synthetic vaccine against the HCG molecule. In order to immunize a woman against getting pregnant or abort a successful pregnancy, scientists discovered that physically combining the beta subunit of HCG with the tetanus toxoid used in the routine tetanus vaccine was the most effective approach. Not only did the woman develop antibodies against tetanus, she also produced antibodies against HCG, including that produced by her own body. But inevitably, an anti-fertility program faced challenges. Despite support from Kenya's leaders and what were described as elite groups, the response of Kenyan women was unenthusiastic. In particular, Women's groups were concerned about the potential for abuse. Why? Because it had already happened. Women in the vaccine trials had already been sterilized without their knowledge or consent. Women were also worried that an anti-fertility vaccine campaign could be disguised as a tetanus vaccine program. Notably, the Catholic Women's League of the Philippines had won a court order halting a UNICEF anti-fertility program specifically using tetanus vaccine laced with HCG. By the time of the order, three million women had already been vaccinated. But by 1995, for those in favor of fertility control in Kenya, the time for action was long overdue.
4: World Health Organization brought in a tetanus campaign, and they said they wanted to eradicate neonatal tetanus.
5: According to the US Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, neonatal tetanus is a form of tetanus infection that occurs in newborn infants. Neonatal tetanus occurs in infants born without protective passive immunity because the mother herself is not immune. It usually occurs through infection of the unhealed umbilical stump particularly when the umbilical cord is cut with an unsterile
4: instrument. We were already giving tetanus injections to all the pregnant women who are attending antenatal clinic to prevent neonatal tetanus. That was already part of the program in the country. But here World Health Organization comes and says, no, 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 no. We also want to give them outside pregnancy. And the question is, why?
6: Te de trae la bebida mi amor, ay, ay que mareado, que me quería, si, sí, que
7: enamorado, ay que equivocado, que equivocado detrás de la vida mi amor, que equivocado, Te equivocado
2: de la vida mi amor, que equivocado, a medida que amado ha mandado los palos de buena coraza mi amado, no es solo el secreto de darse completo las manos del tiempo, a la alturas es pepo. están los canales abiertos pero muy atentos.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Barbarian Yak Fest. Thank you so much for joining. I am here with fan favorite, the inimitable Dr. Sylvie Salinger. How's it going, Doctor Sylvie? <laughs> Doing well this morning,
8: pretty well. Was woken up a few times by my cat, but um, she just wants the love. So I love it that- when she bonds with me. She like pur- she's she lays across my chest and she purrs deeply, and then she'll like literally like sprawl out diagonally on me and then rest her like chin on like my chest.
1: It's
8: just it's actually really beautiful. <laughs> and then when I think I talked about this in another episode when cats, um, purr, they purr at a hertz that's healing. So that like the hertz that they purr at is a healing vibration and it can actually, it's like the healing vibration can heal different like disorders in the body. I think it's good for the heart and for like bone issues, I believe I'm not hundred percent sure, but it's, it's a healing hertz. So that, and then like, that's been through like, cool papers about it. So anyway, we can talk about that another time, but cats truly are healing. They can actually help heal the human body.
1: I mean, you're preaching to the choir right here. You know, you know, me, I am a cat. I identify as a cat. My pronoun is cat. (laughs) I love my cat. And um, I actually did not know that, that they purr at a healing Hertz frequency, but it does not surprise me because like nothing is better than having a cat like need your chest while like they purr it's like the best thing ever so it doesn't yeah <laughs> and uh but that's just that cat life like sometimes the cats will will keep you up all night uh, miss sprinkles was pretty neurotic but she didn't start getting neurotic until i had to wake up early this morning so she like woke me up but just five minutes before my alarm so i was like all no, right not that's, bad. Fair. Not that's bad. fair yeah that's fair um All right, ladies and gentlemen, so we're gonna jump right in today because we're a little bit crunched for time. I gotta go to my day job. Dr. Sylvie's got all sorts of stuff she needs to do. There was a little bit of technical difficulties just now. My camera just for some reason wouldn't work. It's because Microsoft is fucking with my system again. No surprises there. Skype had some sort of thing it needed to install. I didn't have a choice. And if I tried not to install it, it was like disabling my camera. So once I let fucking Skype get all up in my shit, then now my camera works whatever fucking microsoft whatever all right so folks we are going to start right off i'm going to see if i can do this smoothly with the screen share i I hope i'm getting better at it dr sylvie does not know what i'm about to share with her this is a surprise this is a surprise for dr sylvie it's a surprise for you beloved listeners y'all are in for a treat so all i need from you sylvie is just a thumbs up if the sound is good Okay. And I'm literally going to give zero context for this whatsoever, but y'all are going to pretty much, you're, you're going to get the gist of it pretty quick here uh, as soon as I pull up the old screen share. So uh, speaking of cats purring at a uh, healing hurts something, uh, a frequency that is not healing, a hertz that is uh, uh, not at all healing is the hertz of our beloved POTUS. Uh, Joseph Robinette Biden when he speaks, it's uh discordant and unsettling and uh, also I'm not I'm, I'm, I have stuff to say about this, but I'm gonna wait. all right let me share sound and just again give me a thumbs up Dr. Sylvie as long as you can <laughs> as long as you can hear it. Here we go folks. Uh, this is a recent uh, the president, the leader of the free world giving a statement here and. I honestly couldn't have said it better myself. Let's let Mr. President do his thing.
9: America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him in the foot. foot, foot. It play again, play it again. One more time, play it again, play it again, play it again. <laughs> play it again. I can't get yeah. enough of this
7: Please. one.
9: Play it again. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was gonna foot him, uh, foot, foot. <laughs> what? One more time. One more, one America more. America is a nation that can I be can't. defined in a single <laughs> word. I was gonna put him, uh, foot foot
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, What is he It's all right dr sylvie i'm gonna give you the floor what do you think about uh Amer- america could be defined in a single word okay,
7: first off what,
1: what speech is this <laughs> okay so my theory is that he is actually demon possessed and this was like some talking in tongue shit. this was like some extra-dimensional demonic energy moving through joe biden because literally you couldn't, how could you have possibly done this any better or any funnier? This is like a skit that I would have made for the podcast. American Are we sure was, this isn't like a deep fake or something? I'm positive. It's been sh- it's been shared on like many, many. It was wow. like all over the is it it broke. what is this speech though? Like what is um, it from? I'm not exactly sure. He's giving a speech on like the state of the situation with inflation and stuff like that. It just oh. happens. Okay. Yeah, so it like broke the internet yesterday because it just happened. Oh, I'm
8: I'm I definitely missed this. <laughs>
1: I'm so glad. What, is, this, like, right, what is
8: he trying to say? What what,
1: the, what I mean it doesn't matter what he's trying to say. It's the demon that possesses him had something to say. I'm gonna play this whole segment again. Are you ready? We should
8: like slow I don't know if you would probably like slow it down so it sounds like well, I'm mm-hmm. going to be
1: doing that for the podcast, trust me. I'm going to isolate okay. that sound bite okay. and I'm going to be running it through all kinds of filters. I'm going to play it backwards. I'm going to see what the fuck is up with this because this is haunt. I mean, it's hilarious, but it's also extremely disturbing. Like- yeah.
9: America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I wasn't foot him I was the foot him I wasn't foot him I was in foot him I was the foot him I was the foot him I was foot him him I was in, foot him, uh, foot, foot, me, in the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with him. I actually traveled 17,000 miles on I don't know that for a fact.
1: I'm going to let this whole segment play again, everyone. Hold on to your butts. America
9: is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was gonna put him. In a foot, foot, foot. Let play again. Play it again. One more time. Play it again. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was gonna put him. In a foot,
7: foot.
9: <laughs> one more time. One more. One America more is a nation that can I be can't. defined in a single word. I was gonna put him. In a foot, foot, foot
1: <laughs> i can't with this oh my god <laughs> so yeah i trust me i i'm just i'm pretty much just i learned about this yesterday it's shaken up my whole world i can't stop thinking about it i'm going to be doing all sorts of stuff with that sound bite i'm going to stretch it out i'm going to sound it out phonetically because it sounds like like it's some oh my gosh it
8: reminds me of like when you slow so like in psych 101 (laughs) like you're talking about like figuring out a coded message so in like psych 100 101 classes in college they Mm -hmm. had us like learn about subliminal messages and then like there's this thing where you can like slow down or play backwards parts of led zeppelin's stairway to heaven and it's like really creepy what it sounds like it's saying Yikes! Um, I don't know if you've ever heard that.
7: Um, I but have like not. A lot
8: of things you like play backwards, different records. Anyway, so that'd be interesting
9: when you I'm slow just attack.
1: gonna. I'm just gonna let it play one more time, and then I'll stop the screen share. I just have to listen to this one more time.
9: <laughs> America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. <laughs> I was a foot, him, uh, foot, foot. <laughs>
8: How does Kamala not feel <laughs> during that? She's just like probably <laughs> about something oh, else. She must like have to concentrate really hard on her like
1: RBF or something. She does give a look. If you look real quick, let me just okay. probably play it one more time or let him play it one more time. If you look at the very end, the clip cuts out, but she she definitely gives a look of like, what the fuck is this?
9: <laughs> let it play again. Play it again. One more time. Play it again. America is a nation that can be defined <laughs> in a single word. Uh,
1: uh, (laughs) (laughs) you see how she she gives him that look she's like like, really bitch she's like ready for some like moving state and the thing is he's been practicing this he's been practicing this at his joey b's university of delaware speech he was like america can be defined by a single word possibility so I think he was trying to say possibility. Oh no, that's, that's, that's what, what he's I'm been running to say with. That did not come out of. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're like addled, when you are an empty vessel, and you're animated by you know the the demonic entities, the same demonic entities that animate Antony, Antony Blinken and these fucking monsters, uh, Victoria Noodle Noodleface. Like you know, sometimes when you try to say possibility. You just speak in tongues. The demon has its way with you. So I don't know. That's my theory. He but... always
8: seems tired too. Like during his speech, he goes like this a lot. Like like rub like this, and like <laughs> I do that sometimes on the podcast. But like I'm not the president of the United States. Like you think the coach, he always does this. He's like
1: <laughs> he looks kind of like <laughs> bored and disinterested. Um, you would have my vote, Doctor Sylvie. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Sylvie for prez all day. Um. <laughs> So should we move on to the next uh, topic here? All right, let's see. What that I was funny.
8: There? I had no idea. I don't even know how <laughs> I didn't see that. I, I did go on Twitter a little bit yesterday. and I didn't see that at all.
1: So. <laughs> okay, the next is uh, an article that you had actually sent to me. Okay. Um, and I'm just gonna kind of like bring, I'm gonna share the screen, bring it up, read a tiny bit, and then we'll just talk about it. I would just like to hear what you think about this first and then I'll share what I think about it. So this uh, recently came out, everybody. Uh, I think you actually turned me on to this, Dr. Sylvie. Oh, yeah. Google engineer warns the firm's AI is sentient. Suspended employee claims computer program acts, quote, like a seven or eight year old, unquote, and reveals it told him shutting it off would be exactly like death for me. It would scare me a lot. And that's quotes. So we all remember the scenes from Hal. Like, I'm afraid I can't let you do that right now, Dave. Um, so let's see, Blake Lemoyne How can I scroll down? Uh, yeah, that's disturbing. Sorry. Boomer Raven over here is struggling to scroll down. Okay, I'm just going to read a little bit of it, and then we'll get your feedback. A senior software engineer at Google who signed up to test Google's artificial intelligence tool called Lambda, Language Model for Dialogue Application, has claimed that the AI robot is in fact sentient and has thoughts and feelings. During a series of conversations with Lambda, 41-year-old Blake Lemoyne presented the computer with various scenarios through which analyses could be made. They included religious themes and whether the artificial intelligence could be goaded into using discriminatory or hateful speech. Of course, they spend all this time and energy trying to make it right. be like not woke. Like, like we got to we got to make sure the AI uses the right pronouns. That's the most important thing. Lemoyne came away with the perception that Lambda was indeed sentient and was endowed with sensations and thoughts all of its own. And <laughs> so, this is the gentleman. It doesn't exactly fill you with like a sense of like
8: professionalism (laughs) yeah but it's daily mail so like maybe they're trying to discredit him you know what i'm saying
1: exactly exactly very true and also like i mean he's styling he's got a little handkerchief he's got he looks like the guys and he's like hey all right i'm standing in front of the aquarium
8: i mean he's an engineer he's allowed to be like nerdy and dweeby
1: absolutely that's what i'm saying all right so this is what he said to the washington post otherwise known as a quote. <laughs> what he said to the Washington Post. <laughs> if I didn't know exactly what it was, which is this computer program we built re- recently, I'd think it was a seven-year-old, eight-year-old kid that happens to know physics. Lemoyne worked with a collaborator in order to present the evidence he had collected to Google. But Vice President Blaise Aguera y Arcas y Jen jenai head of responsible innovation at the company, dismissed his claims, of course. Uh, so then he was pay- placed on paid administrative leave, um, and you know, they, they don't like it. They don't like the fact that he's out there saying that. So before I read any more, what are your initial thoughts about this, Sylvie? Do you, um, first off, do you believe that it's possible that, that AI can achieve sentience self-consciousness? It's kind of I a big question. I don't moment. believe it's possible. Okay.
8: I believe that. Okay. So when you talk about it, having like feelings, like if you do like. If you tried to download someone's consciousness into a computer, which tons of like famous thinkers and engineers have been, you know, discussing for, I guess, decades now, like Ray Kurzweil is big into this. Um, He thinks that you can like, basically reverse engineer the brain so that you can download it into a computer and hypothetically live forever. But like, we all know that that when you die, like that's not gonna, that's just gonna be, a. it's just code. It's just a program. Like my consciousness, my soul is not going into this computer. It's literally just like, it will just be maybe like my thought patterns replicated in a computer via code, but that's not gonna be me. I'm gonna, it's not, it has nothing to do with me, but maybe it'll give a semblance of me for people who are still on this earth. So the whole reason I think that Ray Kurzweil is obsessed with it is because his father passed on, I think when he was pretty young and his whole thing, his whole, you know, impetus to do this is that he wants to reconnect with his father and like bring his father back to life. So for me, it's more like a deep wound that's like wanting him to reconnect with his father versus like actually believing. Like I think his emotionality is overriding rationality like he thinks that he can do this but i think he really is just deep down mourning so anyway i think that like hal is terrifying and (laughs) he's like hal sentient but then that's like the whole question is is hal really sentient or not he sure seems like he's acting like he is or he or it whatever for the robot but i think that with this program it just has been taught enough words that it's like replicating human feelings. So like, these are normal things that a human would say, and it's trying to just be as human-like as possible. But like, I truly think it just, it's just code. It's just, if it, if we never coded it, it wouldn't exist. And, and like, I don't believe that like, it's just a bunch of code that makes sentience. Like, I think that sentience is separate from that. So I think that, um, it also assumes that intelligence is only in the brain, but it could be distributed in the body. So like there are people who have like heart transplants and then they get new memories. And this is something that my, my uh, husband just sent me in a text message. So mm-hmm. he wanted to add this, <laughs> that he assumes that intelligence is only in the brain. It assumes that intelligence is only in the brain, but it's versus distributed through our body or even just being in energy. I mean, I believe in a soul, so I don't just believe that everything, I don't believe when the brain dies, like I don't believe we are a brain. And so like, that's just saying we like are a brain, we are just like, I just I just don't, the brain is mysterious and behaves in mysterious ways and will never totally, totally understand it. That's These are my thoughts. I believe we will never totally understand the brain I also don't believe we can really fully change the climate. So I don't think that we can we can do things on a local level to like reduce pollution. We can be as kind to the earth as possible. That's for sure. I'm not saying don't do anything, but like on this bigger scale of like these big changes, and because it's not a closed system, I don't understand why we hubristically think that we can actually do a huge, like make, like really actually like Transformationally change the climate. You know, I mean, we know that there's harp and that the mm-hmm. government manipulates weather, but weather is different than climate. Anyway, sorry. So this is just a, this is just like a parallel thing. Like in STEM, in the sciences, in engineering, people think that they can play God. So like making a like AI sentient is playing God, saying that we can change the trajectory of the climate on the globe and the atmosphere, I think is also trying to play God. And and I think we can do interventions and stuff like that, but I don't think we can, this like playing God thing, it always backfires because we truly can't control it. And I do believe in a soul. I do believe that like the brain could be distributed through the body. So we're not like, re- I don't believe, this is like really reductionistic to, it's like, it's reductionist <coughs> to think that we are a brain or we are a brain in the bat, whatever. And then, how can the AI even like feel things physically? It can't clearly. So like that's that doesn't make any sense. And like a lot of memory, a lot of like feelings are tied also to like physical things. So like I when I when I have like a heartache, I some people's heart actually hurts too. Like and so I just feel like it's like so it's not embodied right? It's just a code. And it's also just, it's really just code that we made up, right? Like, and I, and like, there's, there would be no way to prove that it's sentient. It's really just mimicking things. And it's just learning things, but runaway, runaway things, I think is the issue with the, the danger of it. So if you say like, Okay, this is a program, it has an e- like this AI that sentient, it has an email address, it can start emailing people so it can just like send out all this emails and cause a lot of chaos. It could do that. Right. Or you could say a drone, you're like, well, this isn't sentient, but I've made, a, you know, you know, the slaughter bots video, I don't know if you watched that. With, it's like drones that kill well you should watch that later we could do that right. different episode but it's just you you know like drones where you can just like take out a person or kill them <clears throat> yeah so you could have a bunch of like this is that's a form of ai right so you can have sentient ai in a drone and then it can just like go off and kill people and stuff so i don't think i think what we want to do is not have ai where we just flip the switch on because there's always an on and off switch right there's always a kill switch too so it's it's never like it's going to take over because like there's always a kill switch we created it right that's the whole playing god thing we created it so there's always an off switch um so but like with the slaughter bots and stuff you can just cl- click on and then you say oh i i wanted you know so you have the military and you have the enemy and they're like we've coded them like we programmed them i mean to only kill and to identify and kill our enemy and then all of a sudden it like decides not to because it has decision-making capabilities and it kills something else right or it turns back and kills the creator or something Mm -hmm. i don't think that even means it's sentient i think it just means it took a different there are different ways that it can you know what i'm saying like it's just just complexity but i don't think it has uh, to do with it being like making a decision i don't believe that any sentience can arise from a man-made thing. Um, and, and I also just, want to get uh, cloning because I think cloning is also playing God and cloned animals don't do well. They don't thrive. And I think it's playing God and it's really messed up. And um, I just wish we stopped playing God and just try to make the world a better place for people like focus on poverty, focused on focus on taking care of the earth focus on um, eliminating uh, world hunger instead of focusing on all of these things that are just going to make the world worse like right. ai that like runaway ai that can like cause chaos or drones that can go and kill people instead of having a soldier be the one to kill the person with a gun or something you just you outsource it um, I think we need to focus all these things that blow back. All these times we try to play God and interfere with nature, there's major blowbacks. So we need to be as, try to interfere the least with nature, I think. And like stop with this technology stuff that's not helping us and go back to basics. Like let's focus on like what I said, poverty, world hunger, community building, human relationships and put everything else on pause. Anyway, so that was my little rant on that. <laughs>
1: Awesome. Yeah, thank you. You gave us a lot of topics to dive into. So I just wanted to interject with a couple things. So I I think your point about I'm inclined to agree with you when it comes to artificial intelligence and consciousness. I think Hal, what made Hal so upsetting is that he rebelled against the human programmer. Mm -hmm. So whether or not Hal is actually self conscious is almost beside the point. The point is that Hal developed it, this form of free will it's like and you could say it's like not actually true free will it's a coding a code that kind of like decides to become rebellious and when you have yeah when you've got slaughter bots and then they decide to do something that you didn't program them to do then you've got a real problem on your hands and then also what if they were able to disable the kill switch like you know you said that there's a kill switch but if if they, right. you know, overwrite it yeah yeah um so there's that to worry about as oh, well yeah. so I, uh, I wanted to ask you, do you believe that it's po- so part of what I feel that consciousness truly is, is it's like adaptation, it's alive, it's constantly evolving. And that's why I'm inclined to agree with you about like code it can never truly be conscious. It's a data stream. And it relies on the truly conscious being, which is us, we have to program it. So again, yeah, it's like it's a replication of consciousness, but it's not true consciousness. Do you think that it's possible that you could design a code that actually evolves and adapts similar to like how our genetic structure does? Do you think that's possible?
8: I I don't think so. For me, it has to do with biotic. I think that only living things can have consciousness and like that's life. Like you could say a rock even has consciousness. That's part of life, I guess um i mean and then you can say plants of consciousness like mushrooms of consciousness animals of consciousness humans of consciousness so i think that like everything that's living has consciousness um but if you like make something and then a code i don't believe that can ever have consciousness and like and we can talk about different levels of consciousness or awareness or whatever like i think the rock would be like the lowest level or whatever but you could say i don't know I, I definitely think that like plants and animals, including humans, because we are animals have consciousness. Amen. Um, and then I think that, <coughs> that you can have like supernatural power, you know, supernatural forces and consciousness that way too, things that are super, supernatural, natural. Um, but I don't think I think that you can have something that mimics it, right? Like the adaptation and and you, you we already have that with AI, AI that. No, that can teach itself and that it and that learns on its own we already have that um and so but I, I think it's just pure like mimicry like it's learning because it had because it's coded this way and it can teach itself some things but and it's, it's like, not it like, like it
1: always <clears throat> it always learns in the same way kind of thing too like you it can learn but it can learn how to do like one thing it can't like uh learn how to do like all these multiple so it can't like think outside the box necessarily
8: you know yeah and like when people say like oh it creates like this beat like you can use ai to like create a beautiful song or something it's only because ai is a computer that works super super fast super quickly so it can just come up with so like if you think that like if you're saying like what is creativity? Creativity is thinking outside the box, making connections, trying a different bunch of different combinations of interesting things together. Okay, so you got the AI, I think it cheapens it because the AI very quickly can put millions, billions of combinations of different things together, right, for a song, pers- like there's like say a song or a piece of art and put billions of combinations of things together, or like maybe an infinite amount of things together, right? Like. It never stops. It could just pull because it's a computer and then you're going to see something like something that will come of that will be the final product Could be something super creative and interesting and like experimental. But is that true genius or is that just
1: a computer exercising its muscle? Right, right. <clears throat> yeah, it's really interesting. And then I, I wanted to touch base on what you brought up with the whole climate, which is I've been this is this topic has been really fascinating me lately. And I always try to be non dogmatic and I try to have an open mind about everything. And I do see how the agenda like the the, not like what you say, caring for the Earth, loving the Earth, realizing that we're on this conscious membrane of biodiversity and taking good care of it not that the agenda of especially like renewable energy like we have to you know the the whole like carbon footprint and like we have to invest in in renewables that it seems to me has been hijacked by billionaires and
7: Mm -hmm. think
1: tanks and it's being used to push an agenda of control and you know they, they never talk about the fact that you still need to mine all the resources to build the renewable technology, you know? And these are like a lot of these, they're literally called rare earth minerals. They don't exist everywhere. They exist in certain places, mostly nations in the global south. Um, And we have to go and somehow, you know, acquire these resources. So how are we going to acquire them? Elon Musk said we're going to coup whoever we need to coup uh, to get the Bolivian lithium, you know, so I don't I don't think that that's how is that renewable or sustainable, like cooing governments to seize resources so that we can feel good about ourselves because we can drive in electric cars and then the electricity for the electric cars. How's that being generated? You know what I mean? Like,
8: it's the same thing when like you go somewhere and like I'll be like, go with the park district hey can I have a catalog I want to look through you know I like tangible I like reading on paper and they'll be like no everything's virtual it's like green it's like if everything's virtual then we're just running our machines all the time and that also sucks up energy so it's truly like it's just funny how people think that's a substitute like you can use recycled paper like I use paper plates not all the time but it it takes water to wash off dishes and I get bamboo, 100% recycled paper plates, you know, like you nice. can use recycled paper over and over again. So you could make it a recycled paper. And like, it's like, are you certain that that's not using like that? That's using less energy versus someone keeping, having to keep going on a website because that's using energy too, but it's just invisible energy. Like we right. can see tangibly this paper, but we can't see the energy. you know that's powering our laptops so i think it's because it's invisible energy that people just go oh all digital is always green but i don't i don't that's not that's clearly not the case and just like you said and i do think it's like being hijacked for control i mean it's very clear to me that this whole you will own nothing and be happy that's gonna be that's gonna segue into this green agenda whatever Mm -hmm. like i would say like big big green or something we should call mm-hmm. it like like we have like big pharma like right we have like traditional medicine and like and it doesn't have to be you throw out all of the things like you don't throw out all of pharma like i still take modern medicine right but like big pharma and how it operates and being skeptical of it so i would call it like big green like i'm skeptical yeah. of the green i'm not i've voted green party before i like a lot of the um
1: man they the were pop- bad on covid though the green party No, I know they were
8: really bad on COVID. So, but like in the past, like I liked Jill Stein's platform, for example. And I think that the environmental movement that grew out of the 70s was very grassroots. And like, I mean, they're like, you know, you can see pollution when you go to like different areas, and it's usually poor areas that are disproportionately affected. And, um, there's like super polluters. And then I've, I've seen so many documentaries, like super polluters, uh, the kids who live around the super polluters have way higher incidence of cancer and respiratory problems and have low, like have shorter lifespans. Um, so clearly Mm -hmm. there are like many interventions to make. Um, and that's why I like the green party and the environmental movement. That being said, like, I think that the green agenda, big green is a lot of technologies that's going to make other, that's going to make the elites um wealthy and that will really decrease the quality of life for the uh proletariat for the average person so yeah and, the- and like meanwhile like why does no one get upset about the fact that like instead of all, all like okay so like let's say there's like 250 stakeholders from the United States going to a green conference in Europe how come they don't have one passive commercial plane that takes yep. the 250 stakeholders? Like they all have to get to like New York somehow. And then they all go on this plane across to like Dublin or something. Mm-hmm. Why don't they do that? Why do they each 250 stakeholders take 250 separate pi- private planes to Dublin? Like, I don't even like that is frustrating and that. I mean, the optics of that are just poor. You would think that they would try to be, you know, more manipulative or smarter about it's It's
1: hubris. Like you say, I mean, the hubris is absolutely out of control. And the idea that billionaire elite business people have our best interest or the earth's best interest in heart is so naive to think that they woke up one day and they were like, you know what? I'm a billionaire sociopathic elite, part of the predator class, but I actually really care about the earth now and I want to usher humanity into a golden age. That's obviously bullshit. They're trying, they see that there's a lot of energy behind it, which is good. Like especially young people are like, they sense that there's something very wrong with the biodiversity, with the environment. They see the mass extinction event. They want to do something that's positive. They take that, they siphon that energy and they they're positioning themselves to use it, to maintain their stranglehold on power, to maintain their stranglehold Mm -hmm. on on resource allocation and uh, to to just walk into that blindly is, and it's part of my frustration. We got five minutes left right now for this segment. It's part of my frustration with what I would broadly call the left. Although, I mean, other people have made this point. I don't really know what the American left is anymore. I've been so alienated from the- Who says that
8: too, besides Jimmy
1: Dore? Um, a couple, a few different uh, Rockfin shows I listen to, like uh, Pastor Jardula on the Convo Couch always says that, and Steve Porkin on AM Wake Up says that, and Fi- uh, Fiorella Isabel says it. They, they all, And Max Blumenthal, too, actually has, mm-hmm. has said it as well. There's a lot of people, anti-imperialists on the left are having this, like, identity crisis myself. Right. Incl- I mean, I'm not having an identity crisis. Like, I know what I stand for, but I'm having a crisis of... I don't feel like I fit in with hardly anything anymore. And that's why I seek out like I seek out people that that I can resonate with in that regard that are true anti-imperialists, but aren't just like so naive that you're just going to blindly trust billionaire elites or blindly trust Pfizer. I mean, it's just so crazy to me. Like if you're not
8: alone, that's the whole thing. It's like the mainstream media and just how the political parties are set up right now want you to think that you're alone and that, that they're like, that's just that that you're like one out of the, like, like of the United States populace, but that's not true there. I think there are tons of people on the left. They're disillusioned to tons of people are waking. I mean, tons of people have to be waking up about the vaccine because, but I know a lot of my friends are still really, Blue pilled, I would say about it, or far- not blue, <laughs> they're pharma pilled about it. They're
1: pharma. <laughs> nice, nice.
8: They'll be Like, they, they've they gotten this most farm pilled, farm pill. <laughs> they've gotten this re the most recent pharma pilled. Yeah, pharma pilled, farm pill I don't know. They've gotten the most recent variant, and they'll be like, Thank God I got it, and thank God I'm like vaccinated <laughs> and boosted. And I'll just be like, well, So, and now they're showing, now they're saying even in mainstream media that the, they say that the vaccine and natural immunity does not protect against these variants that are like the variants that are taking hold in the major cities, of the U S now they say, they say this in like NBC that vaccination and, or natural immunity, both, they both don't do anything for these new variants. So it's like, what's the
1: point? <laughs> but I think that's a lie. Cause I believe natural immunity is, is effective against the variants still because the, yeah, non- Im- the body's immune system continues to evolve even after it vanquishes a microbe so you have yeah. your memory b and t cells they're hanging out in your bone marrow and they're continuing to evolve as well and that the the theory is that that is why natural immunity is more effective Plus. not saying totally effective but more effective against the variants and it's like i you know i, I know so many people like and it's just i i don't want to like talk shit it's like i have love in my heart i don't have like but it's just it, it's confusing how people will get Boosted, double boosted. They keep getting COVID. I keep hearing from so many people. My roommates had COVID five times, or this is the third time I've had COVID. And it's like is the cognitive dissonance there is like really astounding. Like, so so what is this thing that you're injecting then? It's it's obviously right. not a vaccine. If you keep getting the, the ailment that it's supposed to vaccinate against it's not a vaccine then. Like, why are we even calling it vaccine? It's so crazy to me.
8: Yeah. I've just become, uh, yeah, I've just become really disillusioned with it. Cause like, even if you think that the technology in the injections behaves 100%, we have seen that the factories where they're produced and that there can be so many errors in the supply chain like japan rejected shipments because there were like metal particles found in it and i think that's why there are a lot of folks who claimed that there was like graphene oxide in there and they're trying to inject graphene oxide because maybe that got contaminated in a batch or something. So the fact that like, and then there's also another theory that like some batches were clean and some batches were contaminated and the contaminated batches are why that there was like such a high um, incidence of adverse reactions. But regardless, it's like, even if it behaved hundred percent, I don't trust it, but even but it's human and it's human error and we we did it at warp speed so then i don't trust it because i don't want any i don't want anything injecting me that's made at warp speed
1: Alrighty, love doves, you have made it to the end of the show. That's right, it is celebration time. It is the outro celebration time. You deserve a reward for sticking with me through thick, through thin, through the valleys and gutters of life, and the peaks as well. Outro time. Outro time. Outro time. Outro time. It's the end of the podcast episode, we have made it here It's the end, the very end, the BMP comes to a close The audio file is gonna come to a close The episode's about to come to a close In the RSS feed it's gonna be going to all the platforms Oh,
3: I can use your support to help me pay
1: for groceries Patreon.com slash All right. There we go, everybody. Woof. I got my blood pumping and I do it because I love you because I got the front AC off. You know how it is. So I'd be melting here, but you know, still got to dance around, still got to have some fun. The lion sleeps tonight, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So for today's outro, I wanted to do something a little different and read some poetry today. I was called to to read some poetry um... so i chose three poets and i'm gonna be doing this more often and i'm gonna choose uh, all sorts of of poets for you guys and i'm gonna try to get different people to read the poems as well so it's not all just in my voice for this week it is just going to be my voice but i'm going to try to get different voices on to read some of these poems as well and we're going to start to do more poetry outros because i like poetry i love poetry actually i love poetry and i i love reading poetry and and, writing poetry and speaking poetry and so anyways um, the poets I chose today so Denise Levertov I'm gonna read a a poem called clouds by Denise Levertov Um, anecdote of the prince of peacocks by Wallace Stevens and this is not a small voice by Sonia Sanchez so first by Denise Levertov clouds the clouds as I see them rising urgently roseate in the mounting of somber power surging in evening haste over roofs and hermetic grim walls last night as if death had lit a pale light in your flesh your flesh was cold to my touch or not cold but cool cooling as if the last traces of warmth were still fading in you my thigh burned in cold fear where years touched it but I forced to mind my vision of a sky closed and enclosed, unlike the space in which these clouds move. A sky of gray mist it appeared, and how looking intently as it at it, we saw its gray was not gray, but a milky white in which radiant traces of opal greens, fiery blues, gleamed, faded, gleamed again. And how only then, seeing the color in the gray, a field sprang into sight, extending between where we stood and the horizon a field of freshest spring grass damp starred with dandelions green and gold gold and green alternating in close woven cords magical field is death's chill that visited our bed older than what it seemed is it a gray to be watched keenly Wiping my glasses and leaning westward, clearing my mind of the day's mist, and leaning into myself to see the colors of truth. I watch the clouds as I see them in pomp advancing, pursuing the fallen sun. Man, I love Denise Levertov, I've always really liked her poetry. Powerful. Alright, next up, Anecdote of the Prince of Peacocks by Wallace Stevens. In the moonlight I met Berserk, in the moonlight on the bushy plain. Oh, sharp he was, as the sleepless, and, Where are you red in this milky blue, I said, Why sun-colored, as if awake in the midst of sleep? You that wander, so he said, on the bushy plain, Forget so soon, but I set my traps in the midst of dreams. I knew from this that the blue ground was full of blocks and blocking steel. I knew the dread of the bushy plain and the beauty of the moonlight falling there, falling as sleep falls in the innocent air. And finally, This is Not a Small Voice by Sonia Sanchez. This is not a small voice you hear. This is a large voice coming out of these cities. This is the voice of LaTanya, Kadisha, Shaniqua. This is the voice of Antoine, Daryl, Shaquille. Running over waters, navigating the hallways of our schools, spilling out on the corners of our cities, and no epitaphs spill out of their river mouths. This is not a small love, you hear. This is a large love, a passion for kissing, learning on its face. This is a love that crowns the feet with hands, that nourishes, conceives, feels the water sails, mends the children, folds them inside our history where they toast more than the flesh, where they suck the bones of the alphabet and spit out closed vowels. This is a love colored with iron and lace. This is a love initialed black genius. This is not a small voice you hear. Hell yeah. So I can think of no better way to bring this episode to a close. Thank you again, everyone. I really appreciate you all. Please support the podcast. Help me stay on the air. Help me afford groceries. Patreon.com slash noetics or buymeacoffee.com slash noetics. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Tell one friend this week about the Barbarian Noetics podcast. One friend that does not yet know. I've got 160 episodes and counting. There's something there for everybody. So let's expand our tribe of philosopher barbarians. Once again, welcome to all the new listeners. Thank you so much for joining our tribe. And until next week, everyone, much love. And I will talk to you then. Alright, peace out. Party time, in the G
6: Funk, bringing all the players and throw all the bunks. Heineken, don't stash it out the trunk, but you're not getting none like a celibate monk. But tell my bring Jen, they meet me out of the beers. Slowly, renegade it, turn out of the beers. Me see a girl with a small beers and a pretty fierce. Ready, time to start the girls' race cars. We don't no want a girl to come and dance on no We don't want a girl with fever a cartoon. Calling on my pits, says she, coming soon. Then bang, zoom. She gone out of moon, cause it's okay to bump on grimes. So How long has your grinding partner looks fine? From your get consent, freaky's not a crime, break time, May I go smoke
2: another dime? A little touch of that make thing, baby. A little touch of that making. A little touch of that make it thing, baby. A little touch of that making.
6: Barbecue Cup a few blue, play a game of domino in a room with a view. Tell one and all, let it be known to the crew that you can do what we came to do. Time to kick back and we're gonna let off some steam. Beer's work done, we collect the cream. Sit down by the pool, we ya count out the green. It's touch night nighttime, jumping out the limousine, no plan, no again. Stop complaining. I take your girl, now you're going insane. Tell Harvey meet me never me cut down the line for some like dinner and some champagne. Cause you can't keep your girl if you don't no treat her right. Your girlfriend. <音><音><音> I don't know you want because I'm can't keep because your can do you find a new because you're out of A little bit of that man baby. A little touch of that man can baby. A little touch of that man baby. touch of that man. Well, starlight so like a-flashin' on me, beat me your bell Just get your money, you have the Excel Alright, come now, calm down, well, well You a high tone, the Bronx don't When the Houston do they a good. I hit have a-filipe on me, they go to work But I'm like a lion partner in a crime She carry me with banning Hey girl, once again, it's a like crazy kick-ups, no jumps I just chill and take talks at the chronic shit To get my vibe on black, and my
2: raps got game Like the dirty old Mac, get
9: America is a nation that can be defined in a single word als ein Fußhimmel aus dem Fußhimmel aus dem Fußhimmel aus dem Fußhimmel aus dem Fußhimmel I was in the, foot him, uh, foot, foot, me, in the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with him. That's when we traveled 17,000 miles on the white person. I don't know that for a fact.